your opt-in needs to be structured so that you don't just leave them feeling all you want to be able to scoop them up and be like don't worry here's the next thing you can do so it's all about helping assess that gap so for the entrepreneur space i have a successful business checklist and so it's there to show you if you're building your business on sand or concrete where's your foundation because all successful businesses have these foundational elements so if you're like trying to scale and you're missing one of one or seven of these pieces then maybe it's time to like make sure you got your foundation built first so that way you don't crumble later hi i'm caitlin pyatt owner of authentic branding and marketing where i work with female entrepreneurs to brand market and grow their small businesses i'm your host for this podcast startup marketing i'm a mom of three and entrepreneur so if you ever hear little kids in the background it's just my life I'm trying to make this all work while i build a business I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years where I focused on marketing and branding strategy along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd, and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners. Today, we're going to be diving into the world of being a solopreneur and getting eyes on your business. This, of course, starts with what you post on social media and the lead magnets you create to start building your email list and a base of customers who will purchase from you. Heather Thatcher is our guest, and she's going to walk us through what it takes to be successful in this area, which honestly is something that I've struggled with quite a bit. Heather shows lifestyle and wellness entrepreneurs what to post on social media and give away for free to convert their audience into customers so they can have a bigger impact and make more money. She started her stress and trauma healing business in 2015 as a registered nurse and knew nothing about the systems required to run a successful online business. She had to figure it out on her own. And now she wants to shorten the learning curve for you by providing science-based proven techniques and systems to allow you to grow your business while still working your full-time job. I am really excited for this conversation. It is very applicable to me in my stage of entrepreneurial journey as well. So let's dive in. Hi, Heather, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for this opportunity. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. So as you mentioned, I started off in business as a registered nurse working in the ICU. So my clients just came to me. I never had to go out and yeah. see them. And I had been through a number of different business trainings that had all taught the theory. And they're saying like, oh, you know, be consistent on social media. Mm -hmm, Give away mm -hmm. your best value content for free. And I was doing all of it. None of it was working. So then I went back to uh, my medical training, and I looked at a medical model that's typically used for uh, helping people overcome an addiction. And I was just like, I wonder mm. if this would work for marketing. And hot dang, it is so powerful for marketing because it helps put the right content in front of the right people at the right time. So that way they're ready to buy your offer when you're ready to open the doors. So that 
was such a valuable journey. And then after I realized that, that was working, a number of people that had gone through my mindset program through the stress management and trauma healing business, they started asking how to create their own online business. Sure. And so that's where the Solopreneur Survival Guide was started. That's amazing. So I think it is so cool that you like looked at something like you looked at this model that you use, right? In everyday, totally unrelated to marketing and you're able to apply it and make it work. So walk us through what, what is that model that you are following? Like, I'm super curious. Absolutely. So it's called the trans theoretical model of change. And so a lot of people don't necessarily know it by that name, but they maybe have heard this before. So there's five stages that somebody goes through when they're ready to make a change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you start off in pre-contemplation, you go to contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And so understanding which part of your marketing is meeting people at different points and what kind of offer to put in front of them, paid offers to put in front of them at each stage of that journey is mm. so important because it really just moves people through your value ladder when you know how to apply those different pieces. And I know that's what we're going to be talking about today. That Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. It's When you say it like that, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like people talk about <laughs> your sales funnels all the time and like moving people through and basically like taking them from creating that awareness all the way down to like a purchase and a conversion. So it's so funny how these two like totally unrelated fields <laughs> really actually kind of overlap and it probably mm -hmm. comes a lot comes down to the psychology of it right and like like you said meeting people where they're at and talking to them in a way that's really meaningful and that resonates and i love what you said where you you know talk about finding the right people at the right time with the right message because i say that all the time about marketing it's that's really kind of what marketing is about but it's so much harder to do sometimes than people realize. And I'm saying that as someone mm -hmm. who's worked in marketing for 12 years, who knows how to do this really well. But man, when you move into kind of a solopreneur space, it's like a totally new ball game. And you are starting mm -hmm. from absolutely zero, zero awareness. And you have to build from the ground up. And that is really hard. And I feel like people don't talk about it enough and and really kind of expose how difficult that can be. I feel like you always kind of hear the success stories and like they start at the point where they were like really starting to get traction, not at the point where it was yes. like, um, this sucked for a long time. <laughs> That's it. Like every overnight success story is five mm. to 10 years in the making and they've wanted to quit at least three times. They've yes. been talking about quitting at least three times. So we all had to start somewhere. Yes. So you take all of this and you wrap it into what you call your solopreneur survival guide. So what are, and I don't want to like give away, well, you can, if you want to give away like all the secrets <laughs> of your survival guide, like by all means. Um, but I will, I will link to this in the show notes as well, but what's included in the survival guide and like, what are kind of the biggest takeaways that, um, people who download it get from it? So when I started my business, there was tons of free content out there that got you to a certain point and then everything else was locked mm -hmm. behind a $2,000 paywall. Yeah. And I did not have a ton of extra money because my husband was going to get his master's degree. We had moved across the country, not a few thousand dollars sitting around 
burning a Great. hole in my pocket. <laughs> so I decided to create a podcast that I wish existed when I started my business. Mm. So the Solopreneur Survival Guide is a full business theory course with each season being like a new module of a course. And I take you through from messaging to social media platforms to what mm. to put on your That's website. Cool sales strategies, there's everything, all of the business theories there for free on that podcast. So that's the first layer of the solopreneur survival guide. And that's where I'm meeting people when they're in the contemplation stage. So mm -hmm. that's the thing that somebody really needs at that point. But often I get asked, so if you've given away all of that for free, what's left? What do you charge for? And so the next stage when people are ready in the preparation level, that's where I have a membership that people can get walkthrough videos mm. and templates and guidance on how to implement that theory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have it wrap kind of your head around that. So once you need help with the implementation, that's where that next step comes in. So that's stage three of that whole journey. So do you want to break that journey down a little bit? Yeah, go for it. And then I have a ton of questions because it sounds like you kind of structured your business in a lot of the same way that I originally started to structure mine, which was like, I have the option for, I didn't do a membership. I did like paid client. Um, but my thought was like on my podcast, I'm like, I can give away all of the same value that somebody could get working with me. The difference is, when you work with me, I, I walk you through that how, and I do some of the legwork and some of the things for you. Um, and it's I am excited to hear somebody else say it because I've started to like second guess myself. And I was like, is this even worth it? Like, am I giving too much away? And I used to have guides when this was a solo show. I used to have a guide for every single show. And I was like, I don't care. You can download it for free. Like, I'm trying to grow my email list. And candidly. So anybody ever downloaded a guide? <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my strategy. I was pretty upfront about it. Um, you know, but I'd have people look at it and they'd go like, oh my, you're like giving everything away. What are you doing? And then I just stopped doing it all together and I've like never circled back. So anyway, I have a ton. So yes, let's break down the journey. And then like, I, I want to circle back and like talk about how you started this like membership and things like that. Cause it's not something we've talked about very much. Sounds good. We can talk about the free content, the right kind of content to give away, especially for opt-in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because based on the mindset of these people in these different stages, it gives you that little bit of extra information to know what to give away where. So the first stage, like I said, was pre-contemplation. And so that is very much head in the sand. Somebody who's just like, la, 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 la. Mm -hmm, I don't even mm -hmm. know what's going on around me. It's fine. So from a, an entrepreneurial journey, they're the dreamer. They're sitting there being mm, like mm -hmm, in their mm -hmm. cubicle, being like, I wish that there was something different. Oh, yeah. I hate Mondays. That's, yeah. that's that person. They're just like dreaming of something better. Then when they're in contemplation, this is likely we're going to be seeing people on social media. So this is where they're thinking like, yeah, you know, I could maybe do something to help fix this problem, mm -hmm. but I'm not committed to anything yet. Not invested, not willing to put a lot of work in. Everything needs to be super short, really to the point and very mm -hmm. effective. So this, for again, for an entrepreneur journey, it looks like the builder. This is when you're starting to like figure mm -hmm, out mm -hmm. your messaging, your niche, experimenting with social media, trying a web page. That's where you're in this builder phase. This is when you're at like information gathering, but you haven't committed to much yet. Then in the preparation stage, 
this is where you're invested. You're ready to try mm-hmm. some things out. You're ready to put a little bit more time, a little bit of money into things, but your preparation level offer needs to be low. So like a lower cost offer. And then when they're ready to take action, that's when they are ready to overcome their true obstacle. So when you look at the customer journey, when you're looking at what your customer wants versus needs, because they're very different a lot mm-hmm, of times. Mm-hmm. So the want is what you sell them in the preparation level offer. The need is the action level offer. So for, mm. again, an entrepreneur's journey and the preparation level offer, that's when you need to build the website, to start growing the audience, to pitch yourself to podcasts, to create your email automations. All of those things need to happen in the preparation level. But mm-hmm. if you truly want to hit stage five and become that unstoppable CEO, you have to manage your imposter syndrome and your inner critic. You've got to be able to master mm-hmm. that mindset. And so people, when they start a business, they're like, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. Eventually, I need to know how to set up a website. But I, I've i been doing this for so long, I can almost predict the moment where people are going to have their imposter hold them back. And then they start to realize, oh, I really need to fix that. And so that's where my, that's what truly brings me joy is helping people overcome their inner critic and imposter sure. So the mindset program that I sell to the stress management and trauma healing space also works for the entrepreneurial space, it also works for corporate. So setting up your niche in such a way that you have a niche topic with your first niche demographic, another niche demographic, then you're able to sell your high ticket offers to multiple groups and it just streamlines the whole process. Yeah. Oh, that's a super smart way of organizing it to kind of think about it. And again, I really like how you are taking something that you know really well from, I'm going to call it like your, uh, I don't know if your foot, like your first job, your full-time job, if, if that's fair, but like from your nursing world, right? From like your primary mm-hmm. where you started and you're taking the skills and the knowledge and you're kind of transferring them over to this other space that again, it seems really unrelated, but you kind of have that the experience to back it up and say like, hey, I've used this in this space over here and it works really well. It can work here too. And I think that's something that um, it took me a little while to kind of figure that out as a solopreneur to say, okay, I when I left my corporate job, I was like, I, I was so burnt out from it. And I'm like, I just want to go in a totally different direction. I still was doing like my core competencies, but I was trying to do it in a space that was brand new. And even though I had a lot of credentials and I was like, listen, like I did this in the corporate world, people are like, yeah, I don't understand how that transfers over to me. But as soon as I started talking to other people in the corporate world, other corporate marketers who were like, oh, I want to learn how you did what you did. Then that's where it started kind of like make sense and and click and go, oh, okay. Like you kind of you have to look for ways that you can kind of transfer that skill set and and make it make sense to people. And I think it's really I think it can be really difficult to do. So I think it's really fascinating that you were able to actually take it. You had kind of the opposite experience of me. You were able to take it <laughs> from like a totally different group of people and say, hey, I'm gonna apply it over here. But I think it probably made them trust you that it was like it's scientific like it's it's medically based right (laughs) it's not just you making it up 
Yeah, absolutely. And then also because like I am a super nerd, I love the data and digging into all the numbers and things. And so having this as already an experience, it was easy to apply to other spaces, Mm -hmm. especially because you are an entrepreneur because you're looking to solve a problem. And even in the addiction space, you're still looking to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. all about the mindset and how the motivation changes through all those different stages. That's the key is to know how to find the right kind of motivation at the right time and to help them drive that internal motivation. And that's what our opt-ins really should do. That's what our social media really should do is foster that internal motivation because Mm. external motivation only gets them so far that's what contemplation and a little bit of preparation is all about the gold stars the stickers the Mm -hmm. run this race you get an ice cream at the end the like hey join my giveaway because you get an ipad those things only get people so far but if you really want them to step up and take action and buy your higher ticket offer sign up for your membership go for some one-on-one work with you you have to get them to buy it internally because we we buy for emotional reasons and then use our logic brain to justify right. that decision and right. so really cultivating that emotional motivation is so so important for social media and opt-ins so then how do you how do you kind of find that or how do you know what uh, what am i um I've got like 15 questions and so now they're all getting jumbled. So when I think about, and I think this is something that like I struggled with, I've I've worked with other like new solopreneurs in this space and we've all kind of struggled with that same thing, which is like, how do you even know what they want? You know what I'm saying? And like, how do you create that emotional investment that's going to make them say like, okay, I'm ready to like take this action and download this opt-in or whatever it is, because I think that's the really like elusive part. And I'm super interested to hear what you say, have to say about this, because I think you probably had a very similar experience that I had, which is, you know, people like make a list and they're like, okay, we'll do an ebook or a white paper or a guide or a list for your opt-in and the, or like a quiz. And those are like the things that people love to hand over their email addresses for. But they're not always, <laughs> you know, sometimes. Mm. So how do you know? Um, is it just one big experiment until you find whatever resonates? Or how do you kind of walk people through figuring that out? So the great news is it's also a science, not just a throw <laughs> a dart at the wall and hope that this one gets yay. So, yay! I know, it's so exciting. So basically, what you need to do first is back things up a little bit. We need to look Mm. at their beliefs in those early stages. So what are they believing is their problem when they're in contemplation? Mm. So what do they feel is holding them back? Then you need to help them identify a villain. And the villain should not be them. Nothing to do with them. (laughs) Right, right. Because it's hard to rally people around the fact that they suck. Fighting themselves. (laughs) Yeah, get them to rally around something else. And the truth is, is it's always pretty easy to find that something else. And so we can do an example if you want, but the, you need to understand their villain because you can wrap them in that and they can join your movement. Yes, let's do this. And then what you want your opt-ins to help do is create a gap that your offer will fill. Mm. So if you look at those beliefs, look at those struggles that they have, help them self-assess that they're stuck. 
help mm. them realize the impact of staying in the same belief system, the same circumstances, the same pattern. And once you have them sitting in that space, you pop in, give them a great big hug, show them what's possible and say, here, this, mm. this is going to fill that gap. So there are three main opt-ins that I recommend. And so one of them is a roadmap because we're mm. really, really hesitant to buy things online because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We, a number of us have been burned. Like, oh, yep, hello. Yep. Yeah. And it, you're just like, well, is this going to be worth it? So part of your job on social media is to tease out that roadmap in little places and then also create mm. it as an opt-in. So your roadmap is going to show that you understand where they are right now, that you know what they want and what that's going to look like, and then four steps that are going to get them there. And so oh. for entrepreneurs, you need to, when you get started, it's so overwhelming. There's so many different people to listen to and so many different theories. And then you've also got mm -hmm. social media, email, blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos, Clubhouse, uh, Pinterest. You've got all of these different things, your website. So now you're just like, oh, sitting in overwhelmed soup, not sure where mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And so that's that starting phase. And so then the villain that I can help rally people against is the fact that everybody's great at talking about that higher level theory, but what do you actually post yeah. to social media? What do you actually give away? So then that's the movement that I'm rallying people around. Then I'm going to show them what's possible. You as the unstoppable CEO, living your best life, working three or four hours a day, if you want to, having a completely flexible schedule, reliable, sustainable income, everything. Mm -hmm. So we can look at what that is. And so in order to make that happen, you have to streamline your messaging. So that way your messaging is super dialed in and at the right spot for each person. You have to streamline your content creation. You have to streamline your audience growth and you have to streamline your launch strategy. If you have those four things, you're set. Mm. So when I say that that way, people are like, oh yeah, yeah. that." So now I've got you emotionally connected because I've connected mm -hmm. to where you're mm -hmm. starting and what you want. And then I've given you the logical steps to get there. So I right, right, and it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Brain. Yeah, you're just like, okay, yeah, step by step, both sides of the buying brain are yeah. coming in. We're set. Yep. So then you're going to have a roadmap that lays that out and what those five steps of the journey are all going to look like. The five stages, moving from pre-contemplation to contemplation, preparation, action, and then mm -hmm. maintenance. And so that's one opt-in because we all like to see the journey. So your roadmap opt-in can actually. Um, convert very well into one-on-one -on -one clients. In my membership, it's one of the highest converting ones for one-on-one -on -one work. Then the other opt-in that I recommend, one of the other ones, is some kind of self-discovery opt-in. And this is where a quiz can work really well mm. because we all love those quizzes. Which Game of Thrones character are you? Which Disney yeah. villain are you? Which color best represents your eating style? Like it's all, they're so random, but <laughs> we all like those kinds of things because we like to learn right. more about ourselves. So if you mm. can help them identify qualities about them that will either help them achieve mm -hmm. what they want or strengthen their resolve to achieve what they want, that's a really powerful opt-in that you can create. And I know that this sounds like, oh, this is just for lifestyle or mental health or wellness spaces, but it's really not. So for uh, different businesses that I have helped, uh, one of them was a violin training program for children. Yeah. And so the self-discovery opt-in for the parent, because the parents are the ones buying it, not the four-year-olds, the right. parents <laughs> were 
right? Know your market. Um, yeah, so the self-discovery piece for the parents was what is standing in your way from spending more time with your kids? So we're helping mm. them look at, okay, like how many hours am I spending in the car driving between activities? Would mm. virtual lessons be a really good fix for that? So then we're helping them sort of discover things about them and then the kind of parent that they want to be for their kids, their mm. values as a parent, like those kinds of things came into them mm -hmm. often. And it really just helped like boost them up because they realized that, yeah, they're a great parent and doing a great job, but they want to do differently. So this is how, yeah, yeah. this is one option for how. So yeah, just thinking different ways you can incorporate that in. And then for the entrepreneur space, for the discovery opt-in, we have one about what kind of entrepreneur do you want to be? Mm. What kind of unstoppable CEO do you want to become? And that's so different. And there's a bunch of different kinds that you can be. Yeah. And so again, then you just know like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm working towards. And that creates a gap because yeah. now you're just like, that's what I want, not where I'm at. So, okay, cool. What's next? Sure. And so then the other kind of opt-in that I recommend is called an assessment opt-in. Opt and so mm. this is one where you're helping them look at the pile of stuff that they're standing in, look at their current circumstances and say, nah, I really don't want to stay here anymore. Right. And so this is the one where your, your opt-in needs to be structured so that you don't just leave them feeling all, rah, rah. you want to be able yeah. to scoop them up and be like, don't worry, here's the next thing <laughs> you can do. So it's all about helping assess that gap. So for the entrepreneur space, I have a successful business checklist. And so it's there to show you if you're building your business on sand or concrete, where's your oh. foundation? Because all successful businesses have these foundational elements. So if you're like trying to scale and you're missing one, of, one or seven of these pieces, then maybe it's time to like make sure you got your foundation built first. So that way you don't crumble later. Yeah. Oh, that I really like those. I I have wanted okay, so I have been very intimidated by doing a quiz because I don't I don't even know where to start. And I get I am and I say intimidated. And so then I've also just been not like motivated. So I could have solved this by Googling it, I'm very sure. But what software do you use to create that quiz? Because I think that's something that stops a lot of people from being like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and do this kind of opt-in. And I've heard before from a lot of people like, oh, this converts really well for me. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> so where do you where do you start? Like what software? And then how do you start to how do you start to kind of like pick these things apart so that you create something that is really meaningful? Because I think the other half of this is is executing it really well, right? Like you can't just throw five things together and like give people their like, I don't know, I'm going to make something up like a marketing personality, for example, and have them be like, mm, okay, cool. Like it has to kind of, it has to be really much more strategic than that. So like, where do you start tool wise? And then strategically, like, where do you start to map or how do you start to map those things out? Great question. So I recommend you start with a PDF quiz. Keep it nice and hmm. simple. Okay. You don't have to integrate any software. Um, I, you might be younger <laughs> than this, but I remember doing the quizzes in magazines. There was tons yes. of quizzes that came out back in the day. Yes, <laughs> my favorite. I was yes. just like, right, they're so good, so good. And so people, even even the like younger 
Gen Z crowd that have no clue what I'm talking about. Oh they no, that was the best. Stick with it, right? Yeah. You would go, so for so, if you are a Gen Z listener and you don't know what we're geeking out about right now, <laughs> when you would go to the store and you were in the checkout line, there was like Cosmo and Seventeen and Teen and like all, whatever, you name it. Mm-hmm. And you would buy the magazine based on the quiz and what the quiz is going yeah. to tell you. <laughs> exactly. Oh and my it was God, just it's like not a new. <laughs> No, it was just a paper quiz that had different options and whether you had a certain number of A's, B's, C's, or D's, mm-hmm. and something at the end. And so even though <laughs> those kind of quizzes aren't quite as popular anymore because we're more used to the digital quizzes, uh, starting off with a paper quiz is perfectly fine. And it's what I recommend people do because it's easy. Done mm-hmm. is better than perfect. Get it out there, get it started. Once your business is starting to flow and you've got the other foundational elements in, then it's time to start tweaking. So then try another platform. Experiment with different things. It all depends on the email system that you have that sure. kind of works for that. But yeah, if, if you're looking for a quiz platform, like if you're ready for up-leveling mm-hmm. that kind of thing, then I recommend Try Interact. It's very user-friendly. It's very easy to integrate and works with pretty much everything out there. Yeah. So then how do you how do you begin to kind of like make it make the quiz feel more strategic because again you know you can I like the examples that you're talking through I'm like oh those make total sense I could see myself I'd absolutely like put my email address in to get something like that I had another guest who had like a brand quiz and so it was what type of brand or what type of um what type of like brand personality were you? And I was like, oh, I absolutely want to do this. And I like, I got it. And it was like, oh, here you're like, you're kind of like this creative entrepreneur and here are like your strengths and here's where you get stuck in all of this. You know, it's sort of like getting your brand astrology basically. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really fun. It actually really did like hit the nail on the head. And I left that thinking like, oh, this is a really fantastic example of something that I want to do. But like, how did you, I was like, how'd you come up with this? It's so smart. And I am like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I know how to put it together so that it feels really strategic and is meeting my goal, but it also feels meaningful to the person who's taking it. And like, it's actually a value. Mm-hmm. Great question. So because you know who you're trying to attract, you're going to mm-hmm. know what they struggle with. And you're also going to know kind of what they want. So that part, even though you may think it's different on every quiz answer, it's often very similar. And some people will just rewrite it. So that way, if somebody was like going through the quiz to try and see, like, did they just copy and paste this? Does everybody get the same thing? Then you'd be able to see, like, no, they actually don't. But truly, everybody's villain is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Everybody's external and internal problem will likely be the same. So that part of the quiz will be very easy to create because you know your audience. Because you're going to be niched down yeah, enough to that really makes sense. get into those specific yeah. pain points. But when you think about even if so, if you've already worked with people, look at the different specific outcomes for the people that you've worked with. Can you group them in three to five categories? Mm. If you can do that, awesome. Those are the ones that you're working towards. So then you're going to try and create questions and ideas that would single that person out and eliminate your other ideal people. Now, if you haven't worked with a lot of people yet and you're really new to this space, then start to just think of the different options. 
for what the final outcome could look like. So for example, for an entrepreneur, for some people, they want to be like Amy Porterfield. They want to be working all the time. They love to work. They love what mm, they do mm -hmm. with their business. They want that. There's going to be the other people that want to, you know, put up their feet, go to a beach somewhere and eventually yeah. sell their business to somebody else. There's going to be somebody that wants a hybrid in between. There's going to be somebody that wants flexibility so they can go to dance recitals for their kids or their nieces and nephews. So having those kind of different ideas is the final outcome. It's the same theory. You're just mm. looking for questions that would then draw that out of them. Those separations. Now, that's kind of if you want to go for that sort of style of quiz, an easier one would be looking for characteristics, traits or values that are helpful for your person to achieve mm, mm. The, their end result. So then you could just have, uh, so for example, a core values opt-in works really great for a ton of different businesses because our values play into almost everything that we do. Yeah. So you could help people understand what their top three core values are and how that will play out and influence their problem solving fix as it relates to your business that can still be really valuable and that can be really easy to create because you just need to go to Google search for like core values list. And there's like 120 that are just available right there. So yeah. you can easily create that and they can like come up with what their three values are. And that's also a self-discovery opt-in because then you can cheer them on, have them mm -hmm. email you back with their three core values. And you can have a couple of even copy and paste answers, templated answers that'll just like validate their values and let them know that, Hey, these are excellent things that are going to get you what you want. Keep at it. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's super. That is super interesting. I, my wheels are turning about like what I can, how I can kind of change some of my opt-ins. And so I, and I like hate admitting this, that like I have just struggled with it and because I just, I don't know, you know, like I feel like I kind of, I took the Jenna Kutcher webinars. I took the Amy Porterfield webinars and um, A, I probably didn't like execute it at like as I should have. I didn't like talk about it as often. I didn't like post and post and post and post. Um, but people who listen regularly know I'm like notoriously kind of bad at social media. Um, it is like not where I love to spend my time and energy. And so I'd always forget. And then I'd be like, ah, well, no one's opting in if they don't know that it's there. So uh, that's part Absolutely. one. But then I felt like, I don't know, like I was like, okay, I think these fill, I think some of these things like fill a gap, but I am just, I was mm. like, I just don't know. And so when I started when I kind of like moved away from guides and things like that, I was like, you know, I'm going to try a different tactic. Because everybody always talks about like, oh, give like a free like 30-minute consultation or something like that. And so I was like, okay, I'm doing all of these like speaking and presenting gigs. Um, and I'm hosting workshops talking about like, here's how you create a strategic marketing plan, right? This is my jam. It's what I love to do. It's what I help my clients do. Um, and I, at the end, I'd be like, okay, you know, here is – here's the template so you can kind of follow it. And I would give my my marketing plan. I'd be like, you can, here's a PDF copy of mine. So you can see exactly like, I'm not making this up. This is exactly how I organize and run my business. And then I'd be like, and I'd love to be able to talk to you and just free 30 minutes, like no strings attached. I'm not going to hound you to continue buying from me. 
like sign up through and it was a link, you know, so they had to sign up for my email list to get the link. And it had like such a low take rate. Like I would get such mm-hmm. great feedback. Like people would be, you know, in the chat and like you could see people were really engaged in the moment. They were so excited. People were like, this is really helping me. They were asking very thoughtful questions. And I was thinking like, okay, well then here's a chance for you to ask like totally cut like 30 uninterrupted minutes of like whatever you want to ask me about your business and I will tell you. And I've already really established myself and kind of given myself credibility here. And it still didn't work. I was like, what's mm-hmm. going, what's going so, on here? I hear that so often. And it's because you're a fixer. You want to help them fix their problem, but they're not ready to fix it yet. Mm-hmm. You're giving away action level content to contemplation uh, level audience. Yeah. So, because if you think about it, um, there is enough workout videos on YouTube and free mm-hmm. meal plans on the internet that the obesity epidemic shouldn't be a thing, but it is. Yep. Because people aren't ready to take action on mm. that yet. And so when we're giving away our best content for free, we're not serving our people because we're not giving mm-hmm. them the right mm-hmm. content that meets them where they're at. We're giving them stuff that's days, that, like months Light and years, years ahead. ahead of them. Yeah. yeah. And they're not ready to get there yet. So our free content, our webinars and workshops, the free workshops need to cultivate that internal motivation Mm. and not teach so much how and that's where even like a free workshop that talks about your roadmap and what each of your four stages are to get them from struggling avatar to their dream Mm. future vision what those four are and why they're important people are going to leave that feeling like they got tons of value yeah you didn't give away anything about the how and the first time i did a workshop like this I did. I went from giving away the how all the time to just teaching the process, what it is and why it's important. Uh, I was so nervous. I thought I was going to be met with people after being like, "Ah, that was crap. You didn't give me anything good. And I didn't want anything. And I was just like bracing for it, bracing for the people to come up after and just say like, well, that was a waste of time. But I got more positive feedback from that one where I felt like I didn't teach anything. And I got 300% more emails after that Mm. one, because I gave the right content to the right people at the right time. Yeah. So with your opt-ins too, it shouldn't be anything that's too far ahead of them. You want to think Mm. about that's true. when I was really early in this space, what would I have wanted? And also if you think this way, this is kind of the easiest way to break it down. What could I give them that would take them five minutes to read, 10 minutes to implement and would make them feel good? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That if like real when more than that, yeah. If your opt-ins are requiring more than that in the contemplation phase, it's too much. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's really. Um, it all just. It all makes sense. Like as I'm kind of listening to you and I'm thinking through, like, okay, you and this is something that again, I wish people kind of like talked about a little more, and I'm trying to talk about more, especially on this podcast is that like you don't always get it right out out of the gate like as a marketer i know how to do all of the marketing things right but when so i know how to identify who my audience is and i know how to do all the things that you're talking about but i got into kind of this mode of like i just i got ahead of myself right i didn't like 
stop and think. I was so focused on like, okay, I've got to start proving out this concept and getting people signed up and doing this that I got like, I forgot to kind of just slow my roll and go, okay, well, am I creating more overwhelm or am I solving a problem? And chances are is I was probably creating a little bit more overwhelm just because I was so excited about everything that I was talking about. And I love talking about marketing, but I was forgetting what channel I was in. And so I was at a point where people are just like, I'm just starting to think about this and I'm probably just going to be executing like one piece of this puzzle. I just need help with one piece right now. I don't need, mm-hmm. I don't need everything at this point. So I think. Absolutely. And so I wonder if like a self-assessment, like self-assess your own marketing effectiveness, yeah. <laughs> if that kind of, if that kind of opt-in would probably work really well for you. Right. Right. Like, when you open up Google Analytics, do you want to just close it right away or do you actually understand what some of those things are saying? Yes, no. Right. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't worry. I've got a free or I've got a $27 program that teaches you Google Analytics one-on-one. And then uh, you could have them be like, okay, hey, so when you look at your Instagram in- analytics, is everything green and growing or red and not great? So <laughs> yeah. you can just have those little quick questions because then they can fire through, check all their insights and be like, oh, Mm-hmm. When was the last time somebody reached out to you in your DMs to ask a question? Right. So like those kinds of things are like really good marketing benchmark. And if you just had like a little quick PDF where people could write yes, no, yes, no. And then you could have a little thing that says, you know, if you said a lot of no's, don't worry. I've yeah. got a free workshop coming up that's going to show you how to reassess your marketing and make a plan. And so then mm-hmm. you're going to help them assess where they are, what the plan is, and your offer will fill the gap. Yeah. Boom. Boom. I lo- yes. And see, this is the, this I think is, again, it's like the learning curve, like you said, that like, did this come to you overnight? Was this like instantaneously the day that you started your business? Did you have this all figured out? And you were like, oh, this is perfect. I'm doing it. And I, I am, I'm rocking this and I'm killing it. And I don't need to learn anything. <laughs> I feel like. Oh, heck no. Right. I went, yeah, it was like two and a half years of me being like, I'm being consistent. I'm giving away my best content for free. I am serving my audience. I am doing all the things. It's not working. Why is it not working? And then once I started applying this theory and this model, the changes happened very quickly and we became profitable very fast. Right. And so I... I hate, and I'm going to get on the soapbox and like my podcast editor is going to be like, here we go again. And my audience is going to be like, here we go. But it's, I I keep saying it for a reason, like people, and you said it at the top of the episode, like people who are an overnight success were 10 years in the making. And I think that is just, it is not something that is talked about at all. And it's really, really difficult. And it's, you know, it is, It really is a process. And I think so being able to kind of break it down and understand like, where can I start right now today that makes sense for me and is very manageable? Because that's the other thing that I think I've learned as an entrepreneur. And it's something that I've been contemplating, like, how do I shift and talk about this in my business? And how do I create an offer for this? Because I knew, obviously, coming in to teaching people about creating strategic marketing plans and how to 
build a 360 degree plan for their business when it comes to marketing. I knew that marketing is a full-time job. I did it, right? I, I worked at a company. I think everybody understands that like most marketers work for companies who pay them to do it for eight hours every single day. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I like started out and I had like the most optimism and I was like, okay, but I can teach people how to make this really manageable for themselves. But the reality is like, there's still just a lot of work to do. And when you're a solopreneur, this is not the marketing is not the only thing that you have to do. There's like 10 million other things that you have to do. And if marketing isn't your skill set, it's even it's even more of a drag and even more it takes up even more of your time. And so I think that I kind of lost that or I had to learn how to think about it from an entrepreneurial standpoint and teaching other entrepreneurs or teaching people in the startup space to say, hey, this is how you start using all of these things to and and here's like the in the startup world they call it like the MVP the minimum viable product, like mm-hmm. here is your minimum viable product when it comes to marketing and you're just gonna start here, and you have to start here and then you have to slowly build on it and I think that it's not really it people don't talk about that they don't talk about mm-hmm. hey this isn't I didn't start and magically have this entire system it took me years to build it and get to this point. And I think it's really, it's such a huge disservice when we don't talk about like the struggle of getting there. I agree. I agree. And I think like you really hit on the hardest part of an online business, which is repurposing content because learning how to repurpose your content as a solo entrepreneur is a completely different ballgame to somebody that has a team. For somebody that has a team, we could you could use this podcast and have them break it up into one-minute pieces to use on social media. Mm-hmm. You could create mm-hmm. the little audiograms and all the things if you had a team. But if you're a solo entrepreneur, you have to plan how you're going to repurpose before you create mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So a simple example of this is for social media, you're going to be creating a caption. If you make that caption about 150 to 200 words, that'll also work really well as an email when you don't have anything else to say that week. And then it'll also take you about a minute to read. And that means you could have a daily podcast and an Alexa briefing. And Alexa briefings are really underutilized mm-hmm. by marketers at this current time. So you could easily create a daily podcast and Alexa briefing from your Instagram caption. That's also your email. That's also now mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. in several slides. So if you can think of, okay, so yes, writing a 200 word caption is going to take me a little bit longer, but it's going to save me time overall because I've got it now in four different places. Mm-hmm. So making your content work for you more than you working to create more content is so essential for a solopreneur. It really is. And I I have not found a great way to teach people and I think even the content experts that I talk to I'm like how do you how do you make content not a full-time job because even within the marketing world there are full-time content managers so you know that is one person on a team who's focused on doing everything that you just talked about and and again <laughs> I'm a solopreneur so like and and I think it's something that everybody is kind of still struggling with. And so kind of deciding, okay, where do I, where is it most important for me to show up? Where am I going to connect best with the people that I hope to connect with? And then start there, trying to do it all right out of the gate, which is 
kind of what I did. And I learned pretty quickly. I was like, I'm not good at, I'm spreading myself thin and I don't, I'm not getting good at any of them, let alone hitting the nail on the head when it comes to like getting a great lead magnet and all of these things. So I think that it's just, again, there's a lot of lessons that you learn along the way that people don't necessarily talk about and they're not they're not holding it back because they don't want you to have that information. You just don't necessarily, you don't always think about it. You're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, like I've learned this lesson. And then you apply it and you forget to kind of like share and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And so just along that line, one quick thing to like add to it. If, if you're going to be creating content anyway, see what you can do to make that evergreen. So always applicable mm-hmm. no matter what year, whatever time of year, because I like for my businesses, I have five different social media accounts that all have evergreen social media. So I created it once and then I just tweak it. And it just, it's so freeing to never think of, okay, what to write Mm -hmm. or email or what to post to social media, because it's just like, well done, goes out on its own. So looking at what you can evergreen is so Mm -hmm. important too, because then it frees you up to do some of those other things. Evergreening Mm -hmm. and using automation and systems is like, Critical. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So once you once you kind of decide, and I think I know the answer to this question, like once you have your lead magnet and you get it out there, um now you are starting to kind of nurture those people along to the action phases and to kind of like moving them a little bit farther down your funnel through the process that you kind of outline which is actually getting them to like pay for something, right? Whether it's like a small initial offer Mm -hmm. and then hopefully after that to like a higher ticket item, right? At the end of the day, that's what we're all here to do is make money through our services. So how do you... How do you measure the success of your lead magnet? And what do you do if you kind of you get to a point where you've got... You've amassed all of these lists or these names on your list but they're not engaging with your emails once you send them out. Like they're not moving farther down that funnel. How do you kind of measure the success of that or tweak it because you're not getting that engagement? So the engagement truly comes from the messaging. It always comes down to the messaging that you're using, making sure that it's targeted to the right people at the right time. And then it's also about knowing how to talk about your offers in such a way that doesn't sound like you're constantly selling, even Mm -hmm. though you are. Mm -hmm. So in your preparation level offers, your lower cost offers, constantly be, well, not constantly, but continually be dripping out the name of your higher level offer in a way that would naturally flow into the conversation. So Mm -hmm. this is a very abstract concept. Let's bring it down into the concrete space. So as people are going through my membership, for the entrepreneur space, I talk about like, yeah, because again, I, I can predict when your imposter syndrome is going to start showing its ugly head if it's if it's an issue for you. Uh, so when they were like working on their social media components, I could be like, you know what, I know that it's scary to start putting yourself out there this much to be this vulnerable. And don't worry, like everybody gets there. Everybody that's gone through the Mindset Reboot program learns how to overcome that, but it's just a known struggle. So don't worry, Mm -hmm. you're going to get there. But for now, you got to get started. And so now I've told you the name of my program. I talk about Mm -hmm. what it's overcome without saying, 
if you're noticing that you've got some imposter syndrome, I have a program that can fix that for you. It's just a very natural way for those things to flow mm-hmm. into the conversation. And so using your messaging foundation, uh, Aitisha four pillar messaging strategy that allows you to drip out those little pieces to come continually talking about your programs, your offers at the right phases, at the right times to the right people. So that way you have people saying like, yeah, I'm buying that the second it opens. When did that open? They actually meet you credit card in hand, which especially for lifestyle and wellness spaces is very different than the entrepreneur space. Because Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, we're ready to invest. We're hand in hand with Google search bar being like, who's going to help me fix this problem? But in the lifestyle space, we have to be convinced first. So Mm -hmm. this whole messaging strategy convinces the fence sitters and then it just really rallies your people that are already invested in the idea so that yeah you really got to work on the messaging component to make mm-hmm. sure you're talking about the right thing at the right time yeah that makes a lot of sense so to kind of as we're kind of coming to like the close of this conversation and i feel like i have learned a ton throughout this process. And I have like 15 ideas. I've been like jotting ideas down as we've been talking that I'm I'm ready to do. Like one, like what is kind of the biggest takeaway or the biggest piece of advice that you would give somebody who's struggling with creating these kinds of opt-ins and being able to really like show up and start to capture their audience's, audience's attention? What is like the one piece of advice that you'd give them and say like, start here? you have to start with your messaging. Even if you think you already know what your niche is, if you already know what you think you want to sell to them, you've got to dig down into your messaging more than you think. And everybody that I've worked with that has said like, oh yeah, yeah, I've already got that figured out. Once they go through my messaging framework, all of a sudden now they start making traction. So yes, I know that it's a super type A thing to have to like dig down and do all that. It's not as sexy or fun as websites and social media and things. Mm-hmm. But if you're not saying the right thing, it'd be like going to a vegetarian conference and talking about Angus beef. <laughs> it just will be like, okay. I don't think so. No, that's not for me. You want it to be so clear that you're there and they're just like, how can I buy this? Mm. Why can I not buy it right the second? Tell me how I need, I need this. Your messaging needs to bring in that kind of emotion. And if you're not getting that response, it just shows that your messaging needs some tweaking. Mm. That's great advice. So I thank you. I have learned a ton. Where can listeners connect? And just for reference or reminder, I will have the Solopreneur Survival Guide linked in the show notes for you so that you can do you can download that. But Heather, where can listeners connect with you and talk to you? Thank you. So I I'm very active on Instagram. So I would find me there at the Solopreneur Survival Guide. You can also find the podcast, that full business course at the Solopreneur Survival Guide. You can find that there as well. And then my website is the Solopreneur Survival Guide. So it's all nice and branded. Very easy to remember. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for your time and your expertise today. I really appreciate your insight and I love how you break down, (laughs) break Goodness gracious, you can tell I've been on vacation for a few days. <laughs> I love how you broke down 
all these different concepts in this in these stages because I think it added a lot of clarity for me. I hope that it did for listeners as well. Listeners, if you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I have, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help others like you find this podcast. Until next time.